Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 227, all about turkey chokes with Mike Ponder with Indian Creek Shooting Systems. And I am your host and the guy who went Saturday morning to listen for turkeys, and what I heard was a lot of this. Yes, complete silence. There were hardly any Tweety birds chirping. There were hardly any crows calling. There was hardly any owl talk. It was just a quiet morning. But hey, I'll take a quiet morning in the woods over a loud morning in the office or at the house any day. And I know all of you guys listening will as well. But I did go back out this morning and I heard one. One turkey gobble four times. Now, he may have gobbled a bunch before I got there to him. He may have gobbled a bunch after I left because I didn't stay there long. I am on a mission to locate 20 turkeys, 20 gobbling turkeys before opening day of turkey season in Alabama and I am 120th of the way there. (laughs) I have a lot of ground to cover to say the least and I've got to get moving with this because we are nine days, 11 hours, 11 minutes and 44 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So I'm going to try to get out in the woods Saturday morning which just happens to be opening day of the youth weekend in Alabama and give it another listen. Again, I've got to cover some ground, I've got to locate some birds, and I've got to make this happen. Now, Saturday, I did see two humongous longbeards feeding in a pasture that I don't have permission to hunt yet by themselves in the middle of the afternoon. The trail camera pictures that I'm getting are pictures of nothing but hens with no toms. So I think that in Alabama, the season is going to hit just right, and it should be good the entire season. Whereas the past couple of years, it's been a little bit messed up, and I think it's been messed up for you guys all around the country as well the past couple of years. But if what I'm seeing so far is any indication, then I think it might be a pretty darn good spring. 
Now, you may remember a couple of weeks ago, I announced that I was having a little contest. And I got the idea for the contest from the NWTF convention and actually from the seminar that Brenda Valentine put on, which was entitled, Why Do We Hunt? And I asked you guys to tell me in one word why you hunt. What is one word that is kind of all-encompassing for you as to why you hunt. That was what Brenda's entire seminar was about. And I thought it was really good because, you know, we get asked that from time to time and not necessarily by anti-hunters as much as it is by people who just don't hunt, not because they're against it. They just don't do it. They've never had an opportunity to do it. And so they are trying to understand why we do it. And the thought or the idea of being able to tell someone in one word why, I thought was pretty cool. So I asked you guys, what is your one word answer as to why you hunt? And I sweetened the pot by throwing out there one of the one year premium memberships for OnX. I actually got three of those from our friends at OnX at the NWTF convention to give away to you guys. And so I thought, you know, that'd be a pretty cool way to give away one of those three free one-year memberships. So I announced the contest. I told you guys I would pick a winner today, and I have. The winner of the one-year OnX premium membership giveaway is Chris Morris with his answer of Serenity. The winner of the one-year premium membership to OnX is Devin Buckner for his one word, passion. The winner of the one-year premium membership to OnX is Sean Hoover for his one word answer of serenity. So you may be wondering or scratching your head a little bit here. You just said Chris Morris is a winner and Devin Buckner is a winner, and Sean Hoover is a winner, and I feel a little bit like Oprah today. You get a one-year premium membership to Onyx, and you get a one-year premium membership to Onyx, and you get a one-year premium membership to Onyx. Here's the deal. I had three of those to give away. If you'll notice, two of the answers are exactly the same. Sean Hoover and Chris Morris both said Serenity. So why did I choose to give away all three of those memberships? I told you guys I was going to give one of them away, whether I had one entry or I had a thousand entries. I had exactly three entries into this contest. So I thought, heck, these guys took the time to think about their one word, put it in an email, and send it to me. So I'm making everybody a winner up in here. So maybe the rest of you guys listening will participate in our next giveaway, which will be soon, by the way. I received a box full of turkey calls from Jonathan Harling at Strut Commander last week. And Jonathan asked if I would demo the calls for you guys on the show. And I'm going to do some of that pretty soon for you guys, but I'm also going to give away some of those calls that he sent me as well. By the way, I really like the box call that they sent me. It is a call that you will never have to chalk, and it sounds pretty good. But I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a week or two when I announce the giveaway, so keep your ears on. And I also told you a couple of weeks ago that I would share 
my one word answer to the question of why do I hunt. My one word is connection. And to me, it's all-encompassing because it's the connection with the animal that I'm hunting. Really, all of the animals in nature. How many times have you been deer hunting when you've had a cardinal or a robin land on the platform of the tree stand with you and just look at you? You know, it's a little bit of a connection there. Connection with my food. I know where that meat that goes on my table has been from the time that the animal breathed its last breath. We cannot say that about any of the food that we buy from a grocery store. Connections to my friends, spending time in the woods with a buddy, hunting is a great way to build a bond and a great way to get to know each other and a great way to reconnect with those that maybe we've been apart from for a little while. Connections to other hunters. Some of the best stories and some of the best memories that I have from traveling around the country in the quest of completing my super slam have come from meeting other hunters and just meeting other people who take an interest in me and my goal. Connection to myself because a lot of times I'm hunting by myself. Most weekends during turkey season, I am by myself in the woods. When I'm sitting in a tree stand or in a shooting house waiting on a deer to come by during deer season, I'm hunting by myself. I have a lot of time to myself and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. The connection with my emotions. And I don't want to get all touchy-feely here, but we run the gamut of emotions when we're hunting. From being down and out, you know, a little depressed, things aren't going our way in the woods, to absolutely on cloud nine, you could not be any more happy when you drop that buck that you have been watching on trail cameras for the past two years and he was the number one buck on your target list for this year. The feeling of being on cloud nine when you finally pull the trigger on that tom that has absolutely whipped your rear end every single morning for the past three weeks. But there's also a little bit of sadness to go along with that, isn't there? Because not only did we just take the life of another animal, but now what? We've marked that goal off of our list, but what's next? What do we have to get excited about tomorrow? Some of the most emotional times that I have had in my life have been while I've been hunting. And I know 100% that you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. The connection with life and the connection with death. I'm sure I'm like most of you guys, and I don't think about dying all that often. But I'm also really not entirely scared of it. And maybe it's because I've been around a good bit of it. Am I looking forward to it? Not at all. But I don't believe I'm necessarily just that scared of it. And it's something we're all going to face. The connection with my animal instinct. I believe that most of us human beings still have that animal instinct in us. And I believe that hunting brings out that animal instinct in us. We were built to be the ultimate predator. And that is exactly what we are when we are in the woods hunting. Hunting sharpens our senses and makes us very well aware of our surroundings. You guys know that my wife does not hunt. And I can't tell you how many times we've been driving down a road 
and I will just, out of the corner of my eye, catch something and point and say, there's a deer. And she'll look over there and she'll say, how in the world did you see that? Well, it comes from practice. It comes from being out in the woods and being the ultimate predator. Do I miss things in the woods? Oh yeah. I cannot imagine how many deer have walked past me that I never saw. How many squirrels I have walked past while I've had a shotgun or a 22 in my hand that I never saw. How many turkeys? Maybe if I'd been looking in that exact spot, I would have caught a glimpse of, but I never saw. But I would say on average, I am way more instinctual because I'm a hunter. And being a hunter makes me more connected to those instincts. And the last reason that I'm going to mention today is the connection with God. And I just don't know how some people could see some of the sunrises and sunsets that I've seen and seen some of the most amazing, mind-blowing things in the woods that I've seen and not feel a connection to our Creator and the Creator of all those things that have put me in awe. So that's my one word, connection. That is why I hunt. Now, it doesn't have to be your word. If you want to use it, by all means. I don't have a copyright on it. But give some thought seriously as to what is one word that you feel like is all-encompassing as to why you hunt. All right, I need to throw out a huge thank you to a listener right now. And that huge thank you goes out to Ben Carlson. So Ben and I chat on Twitter a good bit. And we, like I do with most of you guys listening, have some things in common. One of those being turkeys and turkey hunting. And not just turkey hunting, but all kinds of hunting. And so Ben and I chatted back and forth over probably the past couple of years via Twitter. And about four weeks ago, he sent me a message and said, hey, I make turkey calls and I would like to send you some. He said, I just do it as a hobby, but I have a lot of fun with it. And I just want to say thanks for what you do for putting the show on. So I was very interested in seeing and getting to play some of Ben's calls. And they came in the mail about two weeks ago. And I got to tell you, and I plug Ben's ears up, I have not played one of those calls that I don't like. I just don't want Ben getting the big head here. They all sound great. Ben does not sell his calls. And I'm not throwing that out there just to rub that in your noses. But I just wanted to say on the show, Ben, thank you very much. I appreciate the time and the effort and the money that you put into making those diaphragm calls for me and sending them my direction. And I cannot wait to pound on some Tom's head with a loaded number nine shot after calling him within range with one of your diaphragms. Thank you very much for that. All right, let's get on with the show and cover some turkey soup very quickly. And remember, I told you guys last week that the turkey news, well, the relevant turkey news is really starting to wane a little bit as we're getting so much closer to opening day of season. In fact, season's been open in Florida. And so the turkey news across the country is getting less and less. But I've got a little bit more for you this week. I will probably have a little bit more for you next week. And then I think we'll be done with turkey soup for a little while anyway. So first up, leftover WMA tags in Arkansas will be available for sale online beginning at 8 a.m. on March the 12th. They will be sold on a first-come, first-served basis. And since I didn't draw in Arkansas, 
I'll be checking out the site to see what is available because neither Cameron nor I drew and we're going one way or the other to Arkansas. Secondly, the Missouri Department of Conservation wants to remind hunters that non-toxic shot is required for 16 more conservation areas. There were already 21 conservation areas that required non-toxic shot. Yes, even during turkey season. But now there's going to be 16 more. So there's 37 conservation areas in Missouri where you cannot use lead shot. And I don't even think you can use copper-plated lead. But don't hold me to that. That's going to be something you guys need to look up on your own. And if you can't find the answer online, call the Department of Conservation because they'll be able to tell you. Oh, and when you call the Department of Conservation, be sure to make a little note as to who you talk to, the date and the time, and what that person said. Fold that little note up, put it in your wallet, because you might need it later on. So that is all the turkey soup that I have for you guys. And next, I want to get into our interview with Mike Ponder. Mike and his brother-in-law, Stuart Ruling, started Indian Creek Shooting Systems about 18, 20 years ago, utilizing a patented design that separates the shot from the wad in a shotgun shell when it's fired. And, well, I'm not even going to pretend to be the expert on this here, so let's get into the interview with the expert, Mike Ponder, with Indian Creek Shooting Systems, to learn all about turkey chokes, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me today Mike Ponder with Indian Creek Shooting Systems, and Mike is going to tell us all about turkey chokes today, and so we're going to start kind of at a basic level and then dig in a little bit deeper with Mike, and so we're going to jump right into this. Mike, how are you and where are you? I'm doing great. Well, we were just talking a little bit before this and, you know, waiting for all the seasons to open. Some of them already have, but I'm doing great. Can't wait for this to get going here. But I'm actually, I live and work here in a little town of Frona, Missouri. It's in southeast Missouri. Just if you don't know where that's at, I guess the best is, say, about 100 miles straight south of St. Louis. We have a machine shop here, and we make all the choke tubes and everything right here in our machine shop. Made in the good old U.S. of A. You bet. I like it. Yes, sir. Good deal. So how far are you from the Arkansas state line? Oh, it's uh, probably about 100, 150 miles maybe. Okay. So we're getting down close to what they call the boot heel of Missouri, the little section that kind of goes down between Tennessee and uh, and Arkansas. I'm still more in the hill country. Down below me, it gets really flat and, you know, big farm fields and stuff. It's more wooded up my way. I'm here along the Mississippi River, so we got the river hills yeah. around us here. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Well, I'm headed to Arkansas here in a few weeks to to Mm -hmm. see if I can mark it off of my list of states that I need for my Super Slam. So, uh, yeah, I figured you were pretty close being in southeast Missouri. So that's good to know. Yeah, not that not that far at all. Yeah. So tell us about yourself 
and tell us about Indian Creek and also give us your contact information at Indian Creek as well in case somebody has some, has some questions for you about choke tubes or if they want to buy one of your choke tubes. But start out, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I grew up right here in, in Perry County, which is the county, you know, here that we work and live in. Never moved out. I've been here 50 years. Just grew up. My dad was a farmer and I'm one of seven kids. And my me and my brother-in-law actually owned a business here together. Uh, like, like I said, we machine shop, in which allows us to make the choke tubes here you could reach me on on the phone would be our phone number is 573-824-5555 do have an online store on our website which is indiancreekss.com but our chokes are sold at a variety of play all over the united states really some of the major ones are like Bass Pro and Cabela's or Midway USA, Max Prairie Wings, you know, places like that. But, yeah, we got started actually doing choke tubes in about 2000, 2001. Again, we were able to do that with our equipment here. And just me and my brother-in-law were just big turkey hunters, so we we had the 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 porting on our choke tube is so different than anybody else's mm -hmm. with the way it grips onto the wad and holds it back to where it isn't interfering with that shot string and a gentleman that come to our shop had the patent on that and then through some conversation and stuff allowed us to use that porting he was using it more for like trap and skeet or clay bird type stuff but we incorporated it into a turkey choke and found out very quickly that this was going to work <laughs> very well and you know just hold very good tight consistent patterns we did do private label choke tubes for a while mm -hmm. but uh it was about 2006 is when we started Indian Creek and basically just, you know, did everything ourselves there. Okay. So, Very good. That, so I know we're going to talk more in depth about this, but I want to just kind of put on your radar screen what the importance of separating the shot from the wadding is. So we'll, we'll get to it in a minute, but I, I didn't want to forget <laughs> it because I would forget to ask you. <laughs> so... You mentioned that you're a turkey hunter, and before I hit the record button over here, we were talking about turkey hunting, and you told me you're mm -hmm. pretty much obsessed with it, just like everyone who listens to this show, and I certainly know I am as well. How did you get right. into turkey hunting? I I did not turkey hunt as a kid because where we lived around here, there really wasn't a, hardly any wild turkeys now, out in the Ozarks of Missouri and stuff, I know there was. And so I, I got kind of started later on. I was probably in my 20s before, you know, I started turkey hunting. But for the simple fact, there just really wasn't many around. But uh, just through friends and family that 
that went and kind of got got me into it we i did all kinds of other hunting uh grew up coon hunting and rabbit and squirrel hunting and then of course i would you know deer hunted quite a bit but just the difference in you know having a bird that you're calling to that you know it's there where you're not you know sitting on a deer stand for hours on end and don't really know if there's anything around and just you know it's springtime with everything's kind of budding out and you know regenerate <laughs> i don't know it it just it gets in your blood very easily <laughs> yeah but that's kind of how i started and just you know then uh, when we kind of go a few years later where we actually started you know our machine shop and then was you know took that obsession of turkey hunting and wanted to make it make our equipment better with you know and evolved into the choke tubes and then just through that i've been able to go to other states and travel around and you know being centrally located here in the midwest you know there's great states right around here that you know kentucky tennessee arkansas kansas nebraska you don't really have to drive that terrible far to have some really great hunting right so yeah it's a it's very centrally located and easy to get from one side of the country and not very expensive either if you're going out of st louis so Right. And I think a lot of people have that misconception that, you know, to travel somewhere, it's going to be very expensive. If you do a little homework and talk to people, go to some, maybe these outdoor shows and talk to people, some people trade hunts back and forth. Maybe somebody, say, in the South part would like to come up here and, and deer hunt and trade out a turkey. You know, there's all kinds of different ways, but uh, there's great, great public ground that is surprising to a lot of people, too. It takes a little bit of homework and stuff, but, you know, if if you want to do it, you'll find a way. Right. So. No doubt. Well, let's talk shop for a little bit. Okay. So I know this question is going to be a no-brainer for you, and it may be for a good many people listening to the show, but I can't assume that everyone who's listening knows the purpose of a choke. So mm-hmm. in the simplest way possible, can you explain just very quickly for us the purpose of sure. a shotgun choke? I mean, in the simplest form, it it allows you to control that pattern downrange so you have very dense, consistent patterns you know, for, so you have a very ethical shot at a little, little bit longer ranges. You know, the factory chokes that come with the gun, they're okay. <laughs> but compared to an aftermarket choke that most of them are, you know, extended, so they do stick out of the barrel. Most of your factory chokes that come with your gun are flush mounted. And really, they don't... I really i guess have much technology built into them they're they just go from the bore of your shotgun and they taper down 
to a certain size and that's it. Where most of your aftermarket stuff, including, you know, our Indian Creek, have different things on the inside of the choke. Like we have what they call wad catching rings. It's little bitty steps inside the choke. They're about five thousandths of an inch. Um, and to give a reference to that, like a piece of regular paper is about three thousandths of an inch. So they're very small, but they're just steps in there. And what that does is the that plastic wad cup that holds all your shot, it catches on there every so slightly. And each step, it brings it closer down to the exit diameter. And it, it kind of strips back the wad, I guess you would say, or holds it back mm-hmm. so that that plastic wad cup, once it goes out of the barrel and the shot, is separated from that you want that to happen as soon as you can so that that plastic wad cup isn't interfering with your shot and creating all kinds of they can throw throw pellets have flyers everywhere or even go right through your shot string and create holes in your pattern so our porting does that too it it kind of cuts into that plastic wad cup and just holds it back ever so slightly to where, you know, it isn't interfering with that shot string. And then different exit diameters on that choke tube make that pattern either, you know, hold tight downrange or open up. Like, you know, a a lot of our 12 gauge is what we call a 665 constriction, which is if you would measure the the very end of the choke, the opening, it would measure 665 thousandths of an inch. And then say like if you would have a waterfowl tube or a predator tube, you know, that's going to be up like around 710 or 720, which is more around a modified or improved cylinder. So, uh, but, you know, basically all the choke does is creates a good dense pattern. So, you're ethically killing that animal, you know, in best way possible. Right. Okay. So you've mentioned extended chokes and traditional flush mounted or screw in. Well, they're, they would all be screw in chokes, but flush mounted chokes. Is there an advantage to having an, an extended choke compared to the flush mounted choke? Okay, that's all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's interview with Mike, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And in order to do that, what you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Make that one word. Text that to the number 44222. Now, your autocorrect on your phone is probably going to separate those two words, but you need to take that space out between the word turkey and hunter and make it one word. And when you text that to the number 44222, I'm going to send you some instructions that you'll need to follow, and eventually you're going to get a link emailed from me that you can click on, even on your mobile device, and create your username and your password on the Podbean application. The Podbean application is where you will get the premium content for the Turkey Hunter podcast. And 
Also, when you create your username and password, you will be able to pay the $18 per year annual premium content subscription fee. That $18 is going to get you not only the rest of this week's interview with Mike, but it's going to get you the premium content for all of our past episodes and the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. And I want to remind you guys, if you subscribe to the premium content, you probably are going to have to go into the Podbean application and search for the Turkey Hunter podcast because there's two feeds in Podbean for the Turkey Hunter podcast. One of those feeds has only the free episodes on it. The other feed has the free episodes and the premium episodes. And that second feed is the one that you'll need to subscribe to so that you can listen to those now unlocked premium episodes. But I get quite a few emails and quite a few messages on social media about that. So it's an easy fix and that should get you taken care of and get you listening to the entire episode. So I want to say thank you to Mike for taking time out of your busy day to come on the show and share your knowledge with us. I learned a lot from our interview and and I want to encourage you guys who are listening who may be in the market for a new choke, who may be in the market to improve the pattern of their turkey shells and get a little bit tighter pattern, I want to encourage you guys to reach out to Mike and let him know when you talk to him or email him that you heard him on the Turkey Hunter podcast. That is a huge help for all of us because when these men and women that come on the show know that you have heard them on the show and know that you are purchasing their product because of the show, they are happy to come back on and share more knowledge with us. And that's what we're all after, isn't it? So if you would do that, in fact, anytime you buy anything from anyone who's been on the show, this is my favor of the day and it's going to be an ongoing favor. Please let them know that you heard about them on the Turkey Hunter podcast That doesn't benefit me financially at all, but again, it makes those people who've been on the show more than willing to come back on again in the future. So that's it. That's all that I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.